Chapter Three of War Is a Racket. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. War Is a Racket by Smedley Butler. Chapter Three: Who Pays the Bills? Who provides the profits? These nice little profits of twenty, one hundred, three hundred, fifteen hundred, and eighteen hundred per cent. We all pay them in taxation we paid the bankers their profits when we bought liberty bonds at one hundred dollars and sold them back at eighty four dollars or eighty six dollars to the bankers these bankers collected one hundred dollars plus it was a simple manipulation the bankers control the security marts it was easy for them to depress the price of these bonds then all of us the people got frightened and sold the bonds at eighty four dollars or eighty six dollars the bankers bought them then these same bankers stimulated a boom and government bonds went to par and above then the bankers collected their profits but the soldier pays the biggest part of the bill if you don't believe this visit the american cemeteries on the battlefields abroad or visit any of the veterans hospitals in the united states on a tour of the country in the midst of which i am at the time of this writing i have visited eighteen government hospitals for veterans in them are a total of about fifty thousand destroyed men men who were the pick of the nation eighteen years ago the very able chief surgeon at the government hospital at milwaukee where there are three thousand eight hundred of the living dead told me that mortality among veterans is three times as great as among those who stayed at home boys with a normal viewpoint were taken out of the fields and offices and factories and classrooms and put into the ranks there they were remolded they were made over they were made to about face to regard murder as the order of the day they were put shoulder to shoulder and through mass psychology they were entirely changed we used them for a couple of years and trained them to think nothing at all of killing or of being killed then suddenly we discharged them and told them to make another about face this time they had to do their own readjustment sans without mass psychology sans officers aid and advice and sans nationwide propaganda we didn't need them any more so we scattered them about without any three-minute or liberty loan speeches or parades many too many of these fine young boys are eventually destroyed mentally because they could not make that final about face alone in the government hospital in marion indiana one thousand eight hundred of these boys are in pens five hundred of them in a barracks 
with steel bars and wires all around outside the buildings and on the porches these already have been mentally destroyed these boys don't even look like human beings oh the looks on their faces physically they are in good shape mentally they are gone there are thousands and thousands of these cases and more and more are coming in all the time the tremendous excitement of the war the sudden cutting off of that excitement the young boys couldn't stand it that's a part of the bill so much for the dead they have paid their part of the war profits so much for the mentally and physically wounded they are paying now their share of the war profits but the others paid too they paid with heartbreaks when they tore themselves away from their firesides and their families to don the uniform of uncle sam on which a profit had been made they paid another part in the training camps where they were regimented and drilled while others took their jobs and their places in the lives of their communities they paid for it in the trenches where they shot and were shot where they were hungry for days at a time where they slept in the mud and the cold and in the rain with the moans and shrieks of the dying for a horrible lullaby but don't forget the soldier paid part of the dollars and cents bill too up to and including the spanish-american war we had a prize system and soldiers and sailors fought for money during the civil war they were paid bonuses in many instances before they went into service the government or states paid as high as twelve hundred dollars for an enlistment in the spanish-american war they gave prize money when we captured any vessels the soldiers all got their share at least they were supposed to then it was found that we could reduce the cost of wars by taking all the prize money and keeping it but conscripting drafting the soldier anyway then soldiers couldn't bargain for their labor everyone else could bargain but the soldier couldn't napoleon once said all men are enamored of decorations they positively hunger for them so by developing the napoleonic system the metal business the government learned it could get soldiers for less money because the boys liked to be decorated until the civil war there were no medals then the congressional medal of honor was handed out it made enlistments easier after the civil war no new medals were issued until the spanish-american war in the world war we used propaganda to make the boys accept conscription they were made to feel ashamed if they didn't join the army so vicious was this war propaganda that even god was brought into it with few exceptions our clergymen joined in the clamor to kill 
kill, kill. To kill the Germans. God is on our side. It is his will that the Germans be killed. And in Germany, the good pastors called upon the Germans to kill the Allies, to please the same God. That was a part of the general propaganda, built up to make people war-conscious and murder-conscious. Beautiful ideals were painted for our boys who were sent out to die. This was the war to end all wars. This was the war to make the world safe for democracy. No one mentioned to them, as they marched away, that their going and their dying would mean huge war profits. No one told these American soldiers that they might be shot down by bullets made by their own brothers here. No one told them that the ships on which they were going to cross might be torpedoed by submarines built with United States patents. They were just told it was to be a glorious adventure. Thus, having stuffed patriotism down their throats, it was decided to make them help pay for the war, too. So we gave them the large salary of $30 a month. All they had to do for this munificent sum was to leave their dear ones behind, give up their jobs, lie in swampy trenches, eat canned willy, when they could get it, and kill and kill and kill and be killed. But wait, half of that wage, just a little more than a riveter in a shipyard or a laborer in a munitions factory safe at home made in a day, was promptly taken from him to support his dependents so that they would not become a charge upon his community. Then we made him pay what amounted to accident insurance, something the employer pays for in an enlightened state, and that cost him six dollars a month. He had less than nine dollars a month left. Then, the most crowning insolence of all, he was virtually blackjacked into paying for his own ammunition, clothing, and food by being made to buy liberty bonds. Most soldiers got no money at all on paydays. We made them buy liberty bonds at one hundred dollars, then we bought them back when they came back from the war and couldn't find work at eighty-four dollars and eighty-six dollars, and the soldiers bought about two billion dollars worth of these bonds. Yes, the soldier pays the greater part of the bill. His family pays, too. They pay it in the same heartbreak that he does. As he suffers, they suffer. At nights, as he lay in the trenches and watched shrapnel burst about him, they lay home in their beds and tossed sleeplessly. His father, his mother, his wife, his sisters, his brothers, his sons, and his daughters. When he returned home, minus an eye, or minus a leg, 
or with his mind broken they suffered too as much as and even sometimes more than he yes and they too contributed their dollars to the profits of the munitions makers and bankers and shipbuilders and the manufacturers and the speculators made they too bought liberty bonds and contributed to the profit of the bankers after the armistice in the hocus-pocus of manipulated liberty bond prices and even now the families of the wounded men and of the mentally broken and those who never were able to readjust themselves are still suffering and still paying end of chapter three who pays the bills read by john greenman